Welcome to the 56th episode, 5-6 of Nice Work, a podcast of the Super Nice Club, where we are just doing our damnedest to make the world 10% nicer. Yeah, it's a low bar, but it's heavier than you'd think. And, and we're super glad that you're here to help us with the lift by every means necessary. I'm your host, Todd Brilliant, and today we are joined by naturalist Christina Wilson, a.k.a. Lady Wild Bones a.k.a. Swamp Woman. Christina is the host of the Discovery show Island Hopping Florida Keys, and that show title is pretty much what she does. By foot, truck, boat, helicopter, she hops islands and does her best to help chronicle and preserve the incredible natural beauty of the Keys. Now, Christina's passion for her work, believe it or not, isn't fueled by dreams of riches. I know it's crazy, but the people doing the work to save our planet, they don't get paid a lot because, you know, it makes a lot more sense to make millionaires out of the app designers who help us more easily consume what's left of it. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Instead, Christina is fueled by a lifelong connection with an appreciation for our shared natural world. So, you know, whether you enjoy a similar connection yeah, or maybe you've temporarily lost it. Just listen in and get inspired. We talk snakes, uh, crocodile gators, Steve Irwin, Rachel Carson, Burning Man, mosquitoes, uh, whale bones, messages in bottles, and and a surefire way to get your kids off screens and in just into your backyard. And we, oh, and, and there's a contest. You love contests, right? There's a contest where you can have fun getting outside and win, what? A super nice club hoodie, because you want one, because you need one, because it's still kind of cold out, and these hoodies are warm. So listen in, enter the contest. It's fun. Speaking of the super nice club, if you're not already a member, you can join us on Instagram or Facebook at at super nice club. Hit up our site, superniceclub.com. You can learn about our mission and even nab some limited edition streetwear. If you want to win stuff, more stuff, and meet up in person, you know, after COVID, you can join the Super Nice Club Insiders by texting INSIDER to 310-421-0393. And while I've got your ear holes, I want to recommend a book by one of my heroes, Nicole Maxwell. It's called Witch Doctor's Apprentice, and it's about how one of the world's bravest, smartest women traveled to the absolute deep jungles of Central America on her own, mind you, as far back as the 1950s to explore the healing properties of medicinal plants. And if you're not a reader, I get it. It's 2021. People don't read. Just Google Nicole Maxwell obituary New York Times and you're going to discover an incredible woman whose story is being lost over time. So help me out. Help me spread this story. Check her out. Nicole Maxwell, New York Times obituary. Pass that message along. Check out her book, Witch Doctor's Apprentice. Ties into the theme of today's show. It makes sense. All right. It makes sense to me. Okay. You ready? Turn off everything else. Tune out the rest of the world and drop in to nice work with Lady Wildbones, Christina Wilson. Christina, Christina Wilson, welcome to Nice Work. Really glad to have you on today. What is up? What's happening, man? I'm super stoked to be on it. So we always ask where you're at so people can kind of have a mental map in their head as they're listening, driving, whatever. 
What part of the world are you at right now? Where are you? I'm in this like really ugly place called the Florida Keys. Ew. You know, kind of like 80 degree weather, aquamarine waters that you can see through. I mean, it's just, it's absolute hideousness. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm sure most of us in February are feel really sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, um, I live in a gorgeous tropical place in the U.S., it's got yeah. the third biggest barrier reef and it's a uh, it's pretty freaking gorgeous it's incredible i think there's about 110 bridges that connect the island chain itself um but i mean every island is is unique and different and uh, has quirky individuals on them so it's it's a funky unique and absolutely stunning place to to live now are any of those islands privately owned can we do that or are they all part there of the actually public? are some private islands <laughs> there are a couple actually out here i have never visited them legally <laughs> <laughs> so you've never made it the guest list to any of the fancy parties right <laughs> no there's some there's actually some really cool islands out here uh that you can go actually like have a brunch at so there's this place called little palm island and Tiger Woods and his wife back in the day before, you know. Before the, the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they just decided to take over the whole island one week and had it all to themselves. But it's a spot that if a local wants to go there for a Sunday brunch, it's this gorgeous, um, beautiful boat that wooden boat takes you out there and you can have a Sunday brunch out there. You know, they don't, they don't do the bottomless stuff anymore. So mm -hmm. I haven't visited recently. Right. Bottom, bottomless mimosas. Bottomless mimosas. Yeah. <laughs> There's glass. a lot of other bottomless things that happen. Is there here. like a, yeah, I can think of like, I'm thinking of a, tri a trifecta here, like the, <laughs> the, 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 the um, naked glass bottom boat with the bottomless mimosas, like <laughs> that, bottoms up. You know, it. that would totally sell that, you know, that would totally yeah. sell down here. Yeah, you know, we, we do, we thing. do have fantasy fest. Yeah. And we have a place called the Garden of Eden. Um, but, you know, for, for the most part, it's uh, it's 70 year old gentlemen that are the naked ones. <laughs> you know, it's some people that you're like, hey, I, you know, and I appreciate all bodies. <laughs> OK, you're a naturalist. It's what you do. <laughs> Eventually, but, we'll get uh, to that. Eventually, we'll get to if, why if you're you, here. <laughs> if you plan on going up there and expecting to see some supermodels. Yeah, it's not South Beach. <laughs> No, 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 no. There's, there's, a, there's all kinds of really great places like that down here, but no, it's yeah. If you've never done Fantasy Fest down here, you got to do it once. The locals are like, okay, we're over it. We've I've already seen too many painted bodies, but uh, no, it's it's fun for a visitor to come. Okay, Fantasy Fest. So if you've already done Burning Man, Fantasy Fest is is on your yes. list next. See, I haven't okay. done Burning Man. And, that surprises me. I mean, I met you in, in California, in Healdsburg, California. I know, I know. And yeah. And your crowd, you, you, you know burners. <laughs> I know a lot of burners. Yeah, these I are never, your people. I never burned, you, huh. know, you know, at Burning Man. <laughs> so. I would have lost money on that bet. Do you ever miss Sonoma County? Beautiful part of the world. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I miss it greatly. I absolutely love it. I mean, I grew up in Armstrong Woods also. Oh, My wow. dad actually inside the park up on the mountain grew up in no. Armstrong Woods. 
your heart must have been sinking with the fires last year. No, I mean, my yeah. grandfather's house burned down when my best friend's house burned down. You know, it's fine. It's finally they're finally rebuilt. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that's it's pretty insane. And, you know, the rent has gone up for for everyone and trying to, you know, people are getting pushed out. And yeah, it's sad. I love it out there. I love the, I love Northern California. I've visited Southern SoCal, you know, but I'm a NorCal girl. Okay. <laughs> I got it. So you're in the Keys and yes. right now as a naturalist, you're working as a field entomologist. Yeah. Yes. What's that like? What, what do, what is a, what do entomologists do? So I actually work with mosquitoes. I work for the County and I'm a boots on the ground Swamp woman is what I like to call it. Okay. <laughs> People go, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a swamp woman, <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm going into the field. I'm looking for areas that breed, I mean, the masses of mosquitoes and we're in Florida. Right. And, you know, there's mosquitoes all over the place, but in Florida, they thrive. I mean, this is the Mecca, you know, of mosquitoes. Are, they, mosquitoes. Bigger? Are they bigger mosquitoes? We do have some really big mosquitoes. Uh, yeah. For there's certain there's certain species of mosquitoes, and and uh, we do have some larger mosquitoes, but they're not too common. Right. Um, but um, what I deal with is the uh, black salt marsh mosquito, and that's the one that's really aggressive. It bites you. It's just the one that annoys people the most. Mm -hmm. But they pop off in salt water or brackish mm. waters. And that's everywhere out here. So people don't realize that the Florida Keys have a lot of marshland. You know, you think the Everglades and you think of the Florida Keys of like, oh, there's beaches everywhere and right. palm trees. And it's like, you know, majority of those beaches are actually man-made. Uh, this is all limestone out here. And so <laughs> there's all different kinds of hammocks on, on different islands. So the further you go down the chain, you have different uh, vegetation. And um, there's swamps out here and people, people don't understand that. So then they move, they move down here and they're like, oh, you know, I'm living in the keys. And then they go, oh man, what was that? Oh, oh no, what was that? Oh my God, I'm like surrounded, what's going on? So it's, it's something that they don't, people don't think about. So in your work, are you out there trying to help a, like with mosquito abatement? Are you doing sort of disease vector so analysis? Disease, so so main, mainly for, I do, work with mosquitoes that do cause diseases out here mm -hmm. a majority of of what what i do work with though is is those salt marsh mosquitoes that would if we didn't take care of them mm -hmm. people would not live down here they'll take care of us yeah and people yeah. a long time ago only lived down here on during certain months and then they would go up to the mainland um, but what i'm doing is I'm looking at all these different places, whether it's from tides, rainfall, every morning, I have 14 different count stations I'm going to, and I'm checking the rain gauges, as well as how many mosquitoes are actually landing on my body. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I am offering myself up to these mosquitoes, and that's my mornings. And then my, the rest of my day is, is trekking through these different areas, seeing these water levels, checking at, you know, if we did get a rain, what stages these mosquito larvae are in. And if so, I'm, I take care of four different islands. This is stuff that I can't do by hand. And a majority of my islands that I work on are 
protected. So they're fish and wildlife, they're either state or federally protected. And so everything has to be by the books and has to be environmentally friendly. And I'm the one telling our helicopters where they need to go. And I actually go up in the helicopters a lot of the time for recon missions because there's so much land that I'm taking care of that I cannot physically get to right. within a day or a week. Is that an area that the, were the Spanish ever in the Keys heavy, like in the swampland? Because the Spanish were always looking for like a fountain of youth or a gold city or like a right, invisibility right. wand or some stuff, right? Right. So, so yeah, they, there are certain areas and, and that's something that I've actually been trying to work on. And a long time ago, uh, a few different authors, one gentleman actually did a lot of this research and wrote um, a couple different books about it. Basically, yeah, they did have really old homesteads in certain areas out here. But yeah, the Spanish were out here early on. I mean, the trade, treasure. Yeah. Well, you um, you should know. look, I was going to say treasure. Look, keep an eye out for gold doubloons or whatever they I were. actually yeah. And I actually did find a chunk of, a small, small chunk of gold. Really? On a, on a beach that I will not say <laughs> where I found it. Working in, the, working in the field and working on islands, a very small skinny chain of islands tides play a huge role so so mm -hmm. things appear you know we have mel fisher's museum you know they were hunting for for all this treasure but it, stuff pops up because tides play a huge role out here yeah. and they either bring stuff ashore like behind me i have all these bottles this is all treasure that i've found this is all old ale bottle i mean it's super heavy you know, and you could tell that it was hand-casted. I mean, there's, and then I've got um, a couple of old medicine bottles out here also. Oh, this has cool. got some, I haven't cleaned this one yet, but you know, really old school turquoise and then, um, you know, blue, uh, purple glass. I mean, just right. really fun stuff that, was, that yeah, I find beautiful. in the field when I'm out there. And I recently, not recently, about a year ago found this giant bone. What? What is that? That's a, that's a very, very tall person or a ma Is that a mastodon leg? It's, it's massive, you know? What is it? I actually reached out to the University of Florida, the Muse Natural Museum of History, and yeah. I couldn't get anybody back. And so I found this gal on Instagram that I follow and her name's Ashley Hall. She actually just wrote a book about fossils for kids, oh, but cool. she's She's amazing, and, and she. I said, "Hey, do you know what this is?" I, I'm assuming. Oh my god! It's is it like a Stegosaurus? It's a Stegosaurus, no. right? I knew it. But she was like, "I think it's a baleen whale bone." But let me talk to the the whale guy. You know, the whale yeah. guy. She knows. This is why I love like Instagram. And it's like you know, you reach out to these people. Like, yeah, man, I'll help you out. So she reached out to this gentleman, and and he said, "Man, it's a really messed up baleen whale bone, though." He was like, there was like a deformity going on with it. They need to be in really deep water. So this came pretty far to shore yeah. to even make it to land. But I mean, it was crazy. And it happened after one of the hurricanes out here. So you have a, like a scurvy ridden baleen whale bone. That's great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Didn't have yeah. Enough vitamin C. So I, clean, I actually clean my teeth with that thing. That, that's... <laughs> That would be a challenge to post a video. You want your Instagram account at Lady Wildbones to, to blow up? 
record that video. So you're working oh, as a field I, entomologist. I, 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 I'm curious, so is, is working with insects, not necessarily mosquitoes, although I'm sure you find them noble at this point, is that your biggest passion area or is it just where you're at right now, sort of in your career arc as a, as a naturalist? Yeah, I uh, I never thought I would be working with mosquitoes. <laughs> Says everybody who's ever worked with mosquitoes, right? I, I I purely hated mosquitoes because they absolutely love me, but no, this was never in the in the plan. And I originally started working at the college out here. I've always wanted to be out in the field. You know, if I could have been a mix between. Jack Hanna, Steve Irwin, and Indiana Jones. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of Laura Croft, but you know. <laughs> that was always the mission. So, you know, I, I, I got a job where I get to dress kind of, you know, in that sense, but no, um, I was working at the college, couldn't handle working behind a desk. I, I absolutely love to be outside and so in the Florida Keys, it's actually pretty hard to get a job in, in biology out here. It's so competitive. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to study wildlife in the Florida Keys? Right. But the sad thing is, is they don't pay. I mean, they don't pay anybody anything, which is the really sad part of, of, of wildlife biology or marine, you know, marine biology, all, the, all of these things. I mean, they yeah. don't pay anything, which is, which is sad. I found this job and I was like, you know what? I, I absolutely hate mosquitoes, but I'm going to be working out. I get paid to go hiking. Let's do this. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I get to see alligators. I get to see all kinds of gorgeous birds, especially during migration season when they're on their way to Cuba. I mean, it's, it's a blessing in disguise for sure. So if you're out there and you hate your desk job, you know, you're just like, I'm done with this desk job. Just remember, you could be working outside with mosquitoes. So you know, <laughs> weigh that, weigh that out a little bit. Um, but you are yeah, right. doing other things. You're getting out there. Let's talk for a second about your, your brand. I, I, I struggle with this idea of personal branding, but we all have to do it. Uh, right. Lady, Lady Wild Bones. You've got an active growing Instagram page at Lady Wild Bones. Uh, you hosted your own Discovery Channel TV show, right? Island yes. Hopping, Florida Keys. Talk about that. What's up with that show? So they reached out to me. I got the call and, and I was like, you want me to do what? And they're like, we would love for you to host host a show, but you know, we need you to do some, send us some videos of why you love the Keys. And I just really just talked about how hardworking the people are out here. People working three or four jobs at a time and, and just the absolute beauty of it. They love that I'm picking up trash every single day out here that I'm saving, you know, every day I'm saving snakes off the road because I care about them. And, and I, lo I love this place I live and work. Um, and they looked at that and they went, wow, this is amazing. You know, we want you to represent the Florida Keys. And you're probably the only person that's going <laughs> to do the things we're about to ask of you. <laughs> She's crazy enough to do all these things we're about to ask of her. Um, so yeah, the, these producers and the gentleman has his own show actually in Florida. You know, it's kind of, it was kind of to bring about more tourism out here, but show, you know, how there's ecotourism out here as well. And right. that, you know, there's a lot of things going on for the environment and conservation out here, which I was really happy to be a part of. And so we're traveling through the Keys, one island at a time, 
and really highlighting these, you know, individuals as well as these really great companies or restaurants that, that are really keysy or, or making a difference within the Florida Keys. So I, that was the first time I really done anything in front of, in, in film, you know, I had a, yeah. I had a camera crew of three men out, you know, and I was like, you know, good luck boys. Like, <laughs> but no, I mean, it was, a, it was an absolute blast and, you know, we'd like for it to become a series. I'm not entirely sure if that's what's going to happen from it, but it was, you know, a special that may, may become a series. And so. is that out there anywhere if anybody wanted to stream it? When they're like, so it was out, it was out on Discovery. It's about to be in certain different cities, you know, particularly probably ones that are, are a little colder yeah. <laughs> to be like, you know, hey, come on out here. Look at all these amazing things you can do in the Florida Keys, um, you know, on ABC and, and NBC, all those kind of channels. So right. that's going to be coming out in the next month or two. And then oh. it's going to go on a stream channel called um, Discover Florida Channel. So it'll be out. It'll be streaming on that channel. Um, and then, you know, we're hoping to see what goes goes from there. But it was okay, a, so, an absolute blast. So if. If you check it out, check it out, everybody. Island Hopping Florida Keys. And if you really like it, I don't know what you do. Do you like write your local senator or something? Or <laughs> how, how do you exert pressure on this to, to get it? Are you, you, you want to you get the show picked up, right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely yeah. want to get it picked up. The Discovery Channel again, Travel Channel, uh, the Tourism Board here in the Florida Keys. You know, let them know that you absolutely loved it. But yeah, I mean, it, it shows I got my scuba certification with it. Oh, cool. Never scuba dived in my entire life. Always wanted to do it. I think it's probably better than going to space. It's amazing. Not going to lie. Yeah. I, because I, I, what do you, what you really that. see in space? You know, there's so much to see down there and nothing is swimming away from you. Everything is is acting natural. The moment you're down there everything's just flowing naturally. It's, it's the coolest thing I've ever done. And I, I can't wait to get back down. I've been several times since. It's addictive. Have you ever scuba dived before? I do, yeah, I'm certified. I, oh it's, my gosh. Been, it's been too long uh, since I've been out there again, but I, it's, it's on my mind. It's been on my mind for a while to, to get out there and get in some fresh dives for sure. It's one of the best things. I would, if I lived somewhere where there was diving water, I'm sure I would do it all the time. I, I hear that there's good diving off Catalina Island. Now that I'm down here in LA, that's on my list. But COVID's been here the whole time that I've been here, so I haven't. I mean, no, no, out. no diving in the U.S. is like diving in the Keys, man. Super nice club yeah, endorses I mean, Florida dive shops. Yeah, there's a there's, a there's a spot called Lukey. Just even even snorkeling. If you don't want to scuba dive, it you know you're too you know it's a it's a scary thing. You know, breathing underwater is freaky. It took me a moment to really get it down and, and be comfortable with it. But there is just so much life in this one area. I mean, it is, it is incredible. Big, big life too. Bailey if you're, whales. if you're, if you're okay with, if you're okay with that, no bailing whales, you know, but most of, but most of it out here is 14 to 20 feet. You know, it's nothing scary. You don't have to go too far to really see something, which is the, which is the best part. What about like sea crocodiles? So, crocodiles. I mean, <laughs> the big, the big saltwater crocs. 
That would so scare we, me a little bit. We do have uh, we do have crocodiles out here. We see them every once in a while. You know, they really do like to hang out in in canals every once in a while, and sat and sadly, uh, folks will illegally shoot shoot them because they're afraid right. of you know and part of the problem is is that people do feed them and the moment you start feeding alligators or crocodiles is, is when when they start to attack but i work in breeding areas for alligators so i get to see alligators almost every single day we've had a few cold friends here so they've been hiding but I know my gator holes, <laughs> you know, where, where you don't, you know, they, they're so freak. The thing is alligators and, and uh, crocodiles are for the most part, they're so freaked out by humans. The moment they, they hear you walking or they smell you, they're gone. They want nothing to do with you. They're absolutely freaked out of you. I, it sucks. Cause it's like, I, I want to go check them out. And they, they duck the moment that I, that I get anywhere near them. You also related to alligators. Um, you studied caimans. Those are cool creatures, right? Down in South America? Well, yeah, so what we were really studying was just, you know, how their population was doing. Well, tell us what a caiman is, for those that don't know what a caiman is. It's like a mix between an alligator and a crocodile, honestly. Um, That's a just crocodile. think if they, be if they became one, um, but they get so massive out in South America. I mean, you know, they, they get massive out, you know, in Florida, you know, huge, huge crocs and gators out here, but out there in the, Am I was on the Rupununi river. It's a huge Amazonian river. I mean, there's so much life out there. It's insane, but they are just massive, like 14 to 20 feet, just these huge wow. dinosaurs in the moment. And so what we would do is we would do this one stretch of this Rupununi Amazonian river yeah. at night. Because the easiest way to do a head count of these uh, caiman is, is with a flashlight and you're counting eyes. Oh, wow. Not creepy Because at all. their eyes shine <laughs> right, right back at you, just like, just like all the spiders there and all the thatched roofs, you know? Right. All you, look, you, you don't want to look up. You don't look up. You just don't. You just don't look up. But um, so we did that for, I think, uh, six, six or 14 days. It's, it's been, it's been years since I did, but, but that was every night we would go do the same stretch and do a count of how many came and were actually within, within that, that mile or so. It was, it was nutty. Wow. They just, yeah. they looked like just like you, you said it a minute ago, like these dinosaurs. I mean, yeah. massive, massive. And um, there was a tribe that lived in the area called the Makushi, and they would just be chilling in the water, hang, hanging out, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, my, you know, but then like the day we left, there was an out or a caiman attack, you know, bit part of some dude's butt off, you know what I mean? So right. it's like that stuff happens out there. Because you you're know, hanging out in the water with them. So it's not a surprise. Had a bike, you know, bicycle 14, you know, whatever miles into, you know, the town to come back and, ha you know, so and then he got flown out because there's no hospital out there, you know, so that's the kind of stuff that you deal with out there. But it was it was the best time of my life. And the keys kind of like reminded me of that wildness. And yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just really lucky to have had these experiences in the wild. So yeah, 
I live for, I live for that stuff. So. Uh, I want to mention something that I, I may have uh, seen on your Lady Wildbones Instagram page. I want to pretend like I knew that this happened, but I had no idea. Yesterday was International Day of Women and Girls in Science. Yes. And you gave an Instagram shout out to Nicole Sears, research associate for Dolphin Plus Marine Mammal Responder. Yes. Tell us about Nicole. Let's talk about Nicole for a second. Why she's awesome in your naturalist world. You know, what you've learned with her. Because I, I love the dolphin research. John Miller, yeah, the way on up. I'm just a big fan of this stuff. Yeah, it's... The thing about it is I love that there are so... Her, you know, especially, but there are so many women out here in the Keys that are doing something that's been dominated by, by men for for you know since the Spanish. years and years and years <laughs> you know so <laughs> but her job is so cool i mean she's going out there and she's and you don't always get to see these dolphins so i mean working with something that is so intellectual as a as a mammal and you're getting to study that i mean i think it's i think it's one of the greatest things on this planet and wanting to keep these dolphins in the wild and be able to study them that way is a true treat in, in my eyes. And so she and another gal are out there and they're looking for their fins, you know, that famous fin that you, you know, everybody flipper and all that, I think, right. you know, so they're looking at that and what they're doing is they're going out there and they're trying to get the best images they can of, of these fins and then they're going back into their archives and they're comparing those pictures with, with hopefully ones that they've already documented. And so that way they can place that dolphin in this area. Hey, it's still alive. It's still, you know, breeding or, or all of the, all of this amazing stuff. So dolphins, you know, you go on a dolphin tour, most places and you're probably, you, you may see a dolphin, you may not, but like out here, they're out here. Yeah. You know, you go on your small boat somewhere there, they're out here, but I definitely wanted to highlight her because she's, she's young and, and it's a tough, it's a tough place to work as a young individual. Yeah. Uh, and, and she was just so involved and so passionate and I just had an absolute blast with her. I just thought she has one of the coolest jobs out here. And I wanted to highlight her. Well, you did. I don't think so she has an Insta. I don't even think she has an Instagram. But I was, I was like, gonna ask. Oh well, we can yeah, look her I up. Tagged, I would have tagged her, but you know, I immediately thought I gotta put her. I gotta put her on here. You know, and she's not one of those people that looks for, you know, media or thanks or any anything like that. I mean, she's just a, a genuine, really kind human, and and I thought of her immediately. What about other? growing up and currently like other naturalist heroes of yours you know rachel carson oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know jane goodall you know all, all those all those folks but i loved steve Irwin. i'm not i you know i love those women those were the women that i read about first mm -hmm. but i you know i grew up on the tv like a lot of my generation and I loved Steve, I loved Steve Irwin. Everybody loves he was, Steve Irwin. Yeah, he was my jam. That's so, who I wanted to be. 
when you were a, when you were a kid. Well, I want to get into that, but before we leave Rachel Carson, folks, if you haven't read Silent Spring, um, and I'm yeah. book nerd enough to be excited about like the first edition hardcover I have of Silent Spring on my shelves as a gift to me, it's worth it. It's it's still just as impactful, especially when you think about what what was that written in the late fifties, early sixties? Fifties, I think. Yeah, you know, just and then uh, she wrote another book, I think, in the sixties. And it's, there's actually a quote that I have that's in, I have a big binder here. It's the Florida Keys environmental story. And there's actually a quote that she wrote about the keys in here. I doubt that anyone can travel the length of the Florida Keys without having communicated to his mind, a sense of uniqueness of this land of sky and water and scattered mangrove-covered islands. The atmosphere of the Keys is strongly and particularly their own. This world of the Keys has no counterpart elsewhere in the United States. And indeed, few coasts of the earth are like it. And she wrote that in 1955. And that was in her book, The Edge of the Sea. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Rachel Carson, ladies and gentlemen, all-time super nice. One of the all-time super nice uh, Hall of Famers. Let me put it out yeah. there. So, Rachel, uh, Steve Irwin, when you were growing up, were you one of those kids that just loved natures and animals? You know, I mean, oh, I yeah. most kids do, but they lose the, the connection at some point. Do you have any thoughts on for parents out there that are, that, um, on how to nurture that? For their kids and, and so they I mean start start in your back start in your backyard. I mean a backyard for a child looks like this huge jungle. You know, you go back to your home home and you're like, oh my God, I used to think this like backyard was this huge vast place, you know, and, and if you can't do it starting in your backyard, take take them out. I mean, being outside is is what it takes. And my parents loved going hiking. They loved camping. They really you know, instilled in me that you need to respect nature because you, you put in what you get. And I used to volunteer at a shelter. Mm -hmm. My mom would drop me off at the shelter and I would help with the animals. And it really, parents need to get outside with their children. And even if that just means in the backyard or a local garden just anything that's that's close that you can be there with your child outside oh yeah it doesn't take it really doesn't take much to your point just that small square if you have it and if you have um any kind of inexpensive even magnifying glass or if you want to get a little fancier and, and go online or in a real world i guess someday again um, right there's all kinds of cool little sort of field magnifiers and field recording instruments are you familiar with the website? I know this is online. Um, iNaturalist.org. You ever heard of iNaturalist? I, I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. So parents, if you, even if you don't have kids, it's just this really cool. If you're an amateur naturalist or if you have kids, you have to check out this site, iNaturalist.org. It's so cool. My 10-year-old Archer is the one who hips me to it. He absolutely loves it. So there's a lot more to it, but you know, basically he, he's always finding, because again, he's in Sonoma County, you know, most of the right. time scorpions and all kinds of snakes and he reads the uh 
the, the Peterson and all the guides like cover to cover. So he knows, you know, these animals, but you go on and uh, catalog them on the site. It helps this larger organization know what critters are in what parts of the country. It's sort of like crowdsourcing. Right. Right. For different No, I creatures. love that. iNaturalist.org. So if your kid is really into, you know, spending time on their screens and everything, this is a cool interface where they get to play yeah. online and be part of this cool process. It's also uh, communicative in that if you find a, a snake or something and you don't know what it is, you can upload it there and ask other people and you start building this community. It's really cool. Um, matter of fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, let's see here, just a little quote from the site. Uh, Every observation can contribute to biodiversity science from the rarest butterfly to the most common backyard weed. Again, just in your own backyard. We right. share your findings with scientific data repositories like the Global Biodiversity Information Facility to help scientists find and use your data. All you have to do is observe. I mean, so cool. There's that. And then, there, you know, there's got to be so many different apps out there that, you know, but it's like, get them away from the computer. Yeah. Get them away from, you know, the tablet, get outside, embrace it fully lay on the grass, look up at the sky, look at the trees waving in the wind. I mean, that's, that's the stuff that I love is, yeah. is just taking those moments. So I should get more apps for stuff, but I ha- yeah. I've met so many biologists out in the field that I can like you, you text them a picture. There's at least three different biologists that work in my area where I'm like, hey, what is this? But that's something that I also, these guys don't, get to be out here as much as I am. I'm out there Monday through Friday. And so I was like, hey, let me help you with finding certain animals. I'm here Monday through Friday. I'm seeing all sorts of things. Let me send you pictures. Let me send you navigational points. You know, let, let me take swabs, DNA swabs uh, of these snakes for you so we can send them to the University of Florida. You know, there's a lot of subspecies down here from the mainland. And so it's, it's trying to keep things either on the threatened list or the endangered list. And that's something that, that I get to do and I get to work closely with them. And then I also see, you know, catch people dumping trash on these roads out, out in the middle of nowhere because that's the perfect spot to do it or so these folks think until they, you know, come across me. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then there's Lara Croft all of a sudden there to kick their ass, right? <laughs> and then I pull my machete from the back of my truck and I wave yeah. it around. No, <laughs> I've had people pulled over by FWC. I said, this is the make, this is the model. You know, sadly, I wish, I wish it was like such a bigger fine for, for dumping in fish and wildlife properties. Right. You know, what, it's what insane. What is the fine in Florida? So it's per per weight, like oh. per pound. So I caught this guy dumping housing material out there, but I caught, you know, I'm not going to let this guy offload all this stuff. I'm going to get you now, you know? Yeah. And so I I pulled up to him and he saw me and he hopped in his truck and he, he took off, but they only charged him for the amount that he had put out. This guy had a huge truckload. So it's just. So he took it, it blow, somewhere else. It blows my mind that it shouldn't be like an automatic, like $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what I wish it could be. It's like, it, 
hurts my soul just seeing seeing that kind of stuff out there, especially because of these islands being so close to the water. Every, everything's so close. This, this whole roadway has got mangroves and then there's the water and tides come up and then they take the trash out. So here it's, it's even bigger of a deal than anywhere else in the world because it is so highly affected by tides. Do you, does that, do you ever just get depressed or anxious about the future of our planet when you're out there, you know, doing your work and, and then seeing this stuff? I mean, how, how does this, as someone who cares so much, who this is your career um, to sort of help steward and shepherd and preserve the best of what's left of our beautiful planet. How do you, uh, I'm trying to say this in a super nice way. I mean, right. how do you not kind of start to be really upset with your fellow humans? I mean, it does, it does, it do, for sure, it weighs, weighs on, weighs on you big time. And I'm a really positive person. I'm happy most of the time. And it does, it hits me for a second. And then I go, all right, let's take care of this. Let's, let's showcase this on Instagram so that people, you know, know, this is something, you know, just like when an animal is struck. Mm-hmm. let's highlight this let's not throw this under the rug let's not turn our you know turn our cheek to to what's going on out there and not let people get away with it um it's 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 all about the fight in the best way possible and i'm trying to work on what that looks like because you can't fight it with negativity you can't fight it by cussing, cussing at people, um, <laughs> even though those things are going through my mind. Um, <laughs> I fight, I fight trash sometimes by, by stabbing it with, <laughs> with my machete. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I got to get it out. I got to get it out. But my professor back in college, he really, you know, I did environmental sciences with him and, and he didn't hold back. And so it was a, it was a rude awakening but a, but a good awakening in, in all the things that are happening around the world that are pushing us to, to, you know, non-existence. <laughs> and, um, and it's hard, but going to South America, you know, it was the biggest eye opener and, and all of the trash out there. And, you know, it's all, it's all the plastics their waterways were just full of it. It was, it was insane. It's like, I know these people don't have fresh water. I know they don't. I was actually tr- using water that people were bathing in to brush my teeth. I didn't realize that till later. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't have like fresh water out there. So it, it's a, it's something that's all around the world. And, and here now that I live here in the Keys, that's just, it makes me want to protect them that much more. And, every single day I'm picking up trash every single day because I want people to see me. I want people to see that I'm out there doing it. Anytime I see people doing it, I pull over, I help them, or I, I just say, thank you. You know, unless I'm rushing somewhere, you know, cause you know, you I have people all the time go, thank you. And I'm like, well, get out of your car then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but people are, are busy or something like that. But you know, I feel like there should be more of a movement and there is, there's so many people that I follow that do trash cleanup. I just wish there was more of it to be done on a bigger, 
platform, aka, you know, five thousand dollar fines. Five thousand dollar fines for yeah. for people for people dumping this stuff because it's that's that's the major thing is people aren't getting in big trouble for it, which is which blows not, my mind. They're not getting shamed. They should now, be shamed. I, I was shamed. <laughs> I, I have I know it might be considered super nice, but I shame people when I when I see them like on a beach and I see that they just dropped something. I'm like, oh, here's some garbage. I'll pick it up and take care of it for you. I'm that blunt about it. And then I have my kids before hiking or walking anywhere. They would pick up the trash. And like you yeah. said, it's because one, I want to just teach them not to do it, you know, right. and two, so other people see you doing it and people yeah. look at you funny. A lot of times like, Ooh, you're touching that. Right. Like, what? It's a piece of paper. You right. know, it's an old cup. It's, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not picking up spent condoms. All right. That's no, no, one. Which, which those you know, are out there. On yeah. End roads. <laughs> but picking up the trash is something that, all right, I'll go on. To, here's my, my thing that I'm going to pitch here extemporaneously. Since we talked about Burning Man earlier. And, right. you know, Burning Man has that leave no trace and forgetting for the moment that people do leave a trace. There's thousands of tons of garbage left behind in the form of bikes and, and unburnt items and all kinds of things. By and large, if you, you have to pack everything out that you bring into Burning Man, 90,000 people come in and everything they consume for a couple of weeks, they pack back out. Okay. Now, a lot of it, they just dump in the nearest city close by, which is messed up, but most of us take it back home. <laughs> and sort it appropriately. Um, right. Big events, concerts, baseball games, I would love it if they would have no trash cans. And if you had to simply pack out your trash. If you I buy it, that. if you buy it, if you eat it there, that's great. You've got all your trash. You got to take it, put it, you know, you bring a trash can with you. I really think it would change the way people approach these games, uh, the amount of waste, the, the, the concession shops would serve things in a different way. Yeah, because you're going to want to go to the place that, that gives you the least amount of trash instead of right. you, know, you get a couple of beers and a whatever it is people eat. And pretty soon you have a mountain of trash and all you did is feed three people. You know, it's crazy. So I would love to see big public events mandated that you simply have to pack out everything. Right. You in. Wouldn't be that. And now, and now we're in COVID where. If you, you know, I, I like to bring, if I'm going to the bar, I like to bring my own cup. Mm -hmm. I've got can't my own, I got my nope. own metal straw. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it right now. And it's like, it's heartbreaking, especially during COVID. I mean, it's just shot up with all these single use. All the coffee cups out there, you know, not that that many people were bringing their own coffee cups to coffee shops no. for their daily thing, but it's a movement that was starting to happen. Yeah. And now that's been retarded quite a bit. Anyway, so that's, folks, if you're listening, let's, let's all kind of pick up our trash and maybe, <laughs> maybe not generate so much to begin with. You know, that's and another thought. And just, you know, and do a little shaming if you see. <laughs> <laughs> do a little shaming. That's your super nice challenge. Shame your neighbor's trash pile. No, no, don't, don't, don't shame. Don't shame. <laughs> Open up your neighbor's recycle bin and see if it's empty every week, you know? And if it is, you know, shaming and pill effect. <laughs> Not that the recycling ever gets recycled for real in the U.S., but we're working. Oh on it. gosh, that's um, a whole nother story. I know, right? Yeah. So I want to, before I forget, I want to have a little competition for the for the uh, for the listeners here, having to do with observations you can make in your own backyard. Um, if you post a picture of wildlife near you, you know, whatever it can be, uh, you know, a little roly-poly bug, I don't care, or a raccoon, just something near you, some birds. Post it on Instagram. Tag Super Nice Club. I'll randomly pick a couple of winners 
and uh, y'all get a sweet, sweet, super soft, super sexy, super nice <laughs> club hoodie. All right. Our hoodies. Are oh, great. that sounds like a good deal. Um, all you have to do, post picture of wildlife, tag us on Instagram or Facebook. And then uh, I'm like in a week. Yeah. In a week from, from, from whenever this posts, whenever this airs, uh, we'll pick a couple of winners. Right. That's our super nice club competition. Uh, pass it on or don't pass it on because if you don't pass it on your your odds <laughs> your odds will go higher yeah your odds right, are winning right um <laughs> we have a super nice club member question this okay. week um if you want to get a question into our guests by the way just text uh nice work no 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 text cayman no you don't know how to spell it Lee. text alligator to 310 310-421-0393. 310-421-0393. Three nine three, and you'll be invited uh, to ask each week a guest uh, question in advance. This week's uh, my kid Archer cut to the front of the line. He, he's he's the question. It's coming from Archer because he is such a snake kid. Like he can identify all the ones in this area and and up in Northern California, and is always sending me photos. He loves it. He wants to know because I said you know she's out the Florida Keys. He's like, well, ask her if she's ever seen a Burmese python. They're not native there, but because of pet owners, I know they're out there. So I have actually never seen a Burmese python out here. And I'm glad that I haven't, although I, I would also secretly love to like see it. Yeah. But we have had sightings of um, ball pythons out here. Mm -hmm. And obviously those were let go by, by folks that actually live out here. Luckily... Yeah. Ball pythons only get about four feet in length. Yeah. Um, but Burmese pythons are an issue in the upper keys, the upper Florida keys. I work in the lower keys, so they haven't made their way down here. And if they have, I haven't seen them. But I people will have sightings of big snakes, and then they will tell me, and I will go out into that area and I will do my best to find them. Now, how big do the Burmese pythons get? Like 90 feet long, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think that, you know, yeah, 16 to 18 is what I've heard folks catching. I think that, yeah. you know, there's there's some guys that I follow that that do house calls to, to catch Burmese pythons and, and, right. and that kind of stuff up that way. They're, they have big, you know, teams that actually go hunting them. I've never physically seen one, which is, which is a good thing. Um, but I would love to go up that way, go with a couple of those guys, get out in the swamp and, and see one in real life. And, and these guys who are doing this are big, big men. And they're still, they need a second dude to help them out. Oh yeah. So 18 foot snake tries to uh, wrap itself around you. Yeah, yeah. I, you so, might need you know, a th you might need a third person, for you sure. You know, and I yeah. I carry like a small knife with me wherever I go, but I'm pretty sure it would uh, have suffocated me already at that point <laughs> before I could do any type of damage to it ever. But I, you know, there's always those moments where I'm out in the field. I'm like, what if? <laughs> you know, you 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 know, there's the Tiger King stuff, which is like. But, you know, there's that kind of stuff where people here in Florida have these big cats, have these big animals. And I'm like, what if someone released one out here? Doesn't Florida have a native panther? They, oh, yeah, we have yeah. native panthers yeah. up that way. 
Oh, they're and all I up that way. Okay. Have a sneaking suspicion, and I haven't really shared this with anybody, that there's one on one of my islands. And that would be a pretty big deal because they've not they're not found down here. Ah. And so I've been putting up my trail cam in certain areas and certain watering holes because I've had eyewitnesses. I've also I'm a scat woman, you know, so I look mm -hmm. at scat and nothing out here has this kind of scat, aka hair, bones, the size of it. And there's apparently been been folks that have seen it and then also seen their footprints out here. Wow. So that's all, you know, hearsay until I physically see it. I did yeah. get like a, a, a gentleman on Instagram. He said, hey, if you hang a string with a feather, they'll come up. Animals like to come up and play with it. And so he's been able to capture all different kinds of, you know, I've only captured raccoons and, and deer on mine and, and, and some ibis. Um, but he said that you hang, a, you hang a feather. That's interesting. And I'm like, oh my God, how silly is that? But it, I yeah. guess it works. It has to be a pretty strong string. You know what I mean? Panther. So, but yeah. you know, just like, just like I found someone to tell me that, the, you know, what this was, I'm sure that there's a scat person out there that'll, you know, I could send this, this poop to, <laughs> and they can, you know, possibly look at the hair and, and let me know what it, what it is out here. Okay. I'm revising the earlier challenge folks. I'm just going to add to it. <laughs> if you want double entries for the hoodie, hang a string on a feather <laughs> and, and capture an, a, a video or an image of a local animal playing with it. Double your entries right. for the, the feather string, maybe, maybe fishing line, maybe right. fishing line. Um, a neighborhood cat. I think that counts. That, that, that'll work. That'll get you double. Yeah. Entries. Yeah. Just not your own cat. That's cheating. Honor system. You never, you never know what you're going to, you know, capture. You need a bell so. on the feather too though, right? Yeah. 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 Something. But. All right. So, Every guest gets to issue a challenge to the listeners and the, the members of the Super Nice Club, the listeners. Hopefully it's all one of the same. Oh, I wish I, wish I I wish I knew that before. <laughs> okay. You didn't read the show notes, did you? That's okay. Just, just think. No, I, 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 I scanned scan that. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You're not detail-oriented. We're learning. It's fine. It's just something that they can do uh, to make their world a little nicer. Oh, I already know. I already know what I want them to do then. I, I kind of have a guess of what you're going to say. I'm not going to guess. Go ahead. What's your challenge to the listeners? The super nice club challenge. I mean, I'd love for this challenge to be an everyday challenge for them. Take five, 10 minutes out of your day, pick up some trash. Yeah, that's what I figured. Pick up some trash. You know, don't, don't put yourself in harm's way, but if there's an area that you've been constantly driving by and it just it irks you every time you see it, but you just haven't gotten out of your car to pick it up. Or you've been seeing the same plastic bag in the same area and you're, it just, it's messing with you. Get out, get out and pick it up. You know, take a couple gloves with you. There's a, a used bag or, or whatever it is and, and start picking up some trash. It's just, it's, it's so easy. I just do it throughout my day. And it just makes a world of difference. One, one person can make a difference, but obviously if there's a whole bunch of us, make a big, big difference. Okay, that's the challenge then. The challenge from Christina is just pick up some trash, clean up your room, basically, your own backyard. <laughs> I, exactly. I went out, was cleaning up the little park near my old home in, in 
Santa Rosa, California, a few years ago. I love back. Santa Rosa, yeah. Uh, so do I. And uh, Santa Rosa, I still love you. I'm not there anymore. But <laughs> you are fond of me. I know the rest of Sonoma County kind of looks down their nose at you, but uh, not me. I look up to you. Anyway, I was picking up this little park and um, I found a bag of cocaine. Oh, I was cleaning it up. You That's, see, you never know yeah, what you goods you're going to find. Gonna, I mean, I assume, <laughs> I assume it was cocaine. It, it may not have been. I just, I, I assume it was. It, it, it smelled like something that would, I would imagine would smell like cocaine if, if that's what cocaine smells well, like. Well, usually if it's so a that, white substance, then you don't want to smell it, right? I, I was curious. I mean, I, 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 mean <laughs> I, I didn't snort it. I smelled it. Very big difference. Unless you're smelling really hard. When you okay, smell okay. too hard, it's a snort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> true story though. Crazy, right? I, I was like, look at this Ziploc bag. Oh, wow. So that's what kind of park this is. Yeah. Um, so the point is, guys, cleaning up picking up the trash you might find some free drugs if that is and that's what the, you know and that's the moral of the story there <laughs> no you you might find treasure you know have some money or a little journal or something cute i don't know i, I have i have found uh what is it message in a bottle i found two messages in bottles out here have you really i really have were they old at all one is old and I can only read half of it because it is so sun damaged. And it's a really, there's a good story there. There's a really good story. And I need to, I need to send it to a professional. What am I doing? I, it's an old and the other one just totally was just, why even, why even write this message in this bottle? Yeah. I threw it, I threw it back. I was like, this is. Have you posted the, um, the old bottle one on your Instagram stream somewhere? I did when I very, when I first. I okay, we'll uh, started look for it. Instagram uh, two like two years ago. I started and I, I put I put it up. You can't really see it, but me and me and a fellow uh, field gal were both holding it up. That's fantastic! What a great yeah, find! Really beautiful cursive writing. I mean, it's it's gorgeous and it's it's just it's so sun damaged. Everybody. I really everybody used to have beautiful cursive writing like right 200 years ago they did I was so proud of mine I worked really hard on mine you know I, I really did it's slipping it's slipping yeah. though yeah no, people don't <laughs> even know what cursive is now okay and then finally what we do this is the other part of it that that was in the show notes that you didn't read <laughs> each guest I'm just going with the flow man each guest gets to ask me a question any question you want, it's just your chance to be the host for a second. Every oh, guest really gets one give, question. You're really going to give that to me. All right. All right. Yeah. You're in the wild and you're an, an animal. What, what is your call of the wild? What is your call? What is your mating call sound like? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's not going to go well. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, let me see here. I'll have to, you know, it's I can just, edit. It's out just gotta come natural, man. It's it's it has to come naturally. Natural, yeah, you know. Or, I was or trying to think of a favorite like? cartoon are you, character. Are you bumping your chest? Are you? Oh wait, you mean I'm in the wild, like as a as a human? Whatever I mean, you want. Like, Sup, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sup. <laughs> as an animal, though, that's that's a different thing. Or, or, you know, if you were, and what animal think, would no, you I be? be my, my mating call would be just somehow, it'd be soft and breath, be sub audible. Yeah. 
Could you hear that? I'm going to do it again. All the <laughs> listeners out there are getting grossed out. Here it is. Because <laughs> you got to get real close, right? You got to get right up on top of your potential. Okay, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. works. That's it. That works. Um, that works. If I'm allowed to be that close, the odds of success are pretty, <laughs> pretty great, right? It's the who's who, whatever, whatever male has the softest whispers. That's best question so far. 55 <laughs> episodes in. That's you're the new, new, the new high bar. Woo! The if, there was high any, bar. if there was any challenge I wanted to win, it was that <laughs> one. So, <laughs> all right, everybody. So, Christina Wilson, AKA Lady Wildbones on Instagram, at Lady Wildbones. Go check it out. Pick up your damn trash and um, yes. visit the sunny Florida Keys. Nowhere better. Those are our Besides calls to Northern California. <laughs> hey, Christina, thank you. Thank you for your time. Uh, I wish you luck. I hope the show gets picked up. I know that's a, a tough road, but uh, I'm sure you're a great host. And so just keep pushing it. Keep leaning on your, uh, your production partners. I appreciate it. And I love that you had me on and, and I, I can't wait to see this after. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You have a good one. So there you have it. A super nice conversation with super nice Christina Wilson. She's found two messages in bottles. How crazy is that? I've always wanted to find a message in a bottle. It's just one of the coolest things from childhood. You know, remember when you first read about the idea of a, of a letter floating around in a bottle? For me, that was um, an Immersor Mayer book called One Monster After Another. And there was an illustrated picture of this message in a bottle. And since then, I've been hooked. Mercer Mayer fans, you, f- you feel me? Anyway, so there's a competition in this episode. You probably heard it if you've gotten this far. Most people don't listen to the sort of outro without listening to the rest of the episode. Tag us in your photos. I've got two cool hoodies to send your way. Would love to send those out. Um, and maybe let's all get outside a little more and just appreciate it. You know, the, the, one of the things that I take for granted far too often is the world around me. So after talking with Christina, I'm going to do a much better job of, of looking at every little nest, uh, every little critter. They're all over, even right here in Los Angeles. There's so many animals and birds and um, uh, I don't know what else. Lizard people. No. Does that count as what? Do lizard people count as wildlife? I think they do. So if you can snap a picture of a lizard person, that counts as an entry into the competition. Cool. Got that. All right, everybody. Until next week, stay nice. If you wanted to be nicer, then you lend a helping hand If you wanted to be nicer then you could see your neighbor's band If you wanted to be nicer 
Then you could put away your clothes If you wanted to be nicer You can teach everything you know And all we ask is that you just become 10% more nice And all we ask is that you just become 10% more nice Is that you just become 10% more nice? No, we ask is that you just become 10% more nice? So what? Big deal. <laughs>